A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know. Hello, Hello babies. babies. Welcome to Baby Geniuses. My name is Emily. My name is Lisa. And Joey will not be with us today. He had other plans. Yeah. Um, what were they? Um, I don't know. He mumbled something about <laughs> staying in bed and uh, that we probably didn't want him here anyways. And yeah. I just got so bored and tired. Listen, I just. <laughs> and we just, you know what we did? We didn't reassure him. Uh, yeah. For <laughs> once, you know, I didn't rush to reassure him. Yeah. And it felt good. Fair. It felt yeah, good. It's it fair. like, take care of yourself, man. <laughs> I don't know where you came from. Just because I invented you doesn't mean I'm responsible for your feelings. That's right. <laughs> I hate I, I hate being codependent with my fictional inventions. My imaginary friends. Yeah. Um it has been over 2 weeks since we've recorded. It feels like 10 years have passed. Oh man, I know. The I feel number like of things that have happened. I have aged. Yeah. <laughs> Poorly. I mean Yes, Roe was overturned. That was he- that happened after we recorded the last episode. If it seemed weird that we didn't say anything about it, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's really odd. Uh, yeah, uh, I just felt like a, such a wave of nausea even thinking about it. I'm so upset. Yeah, I don't think we need to really get into it. Um, obviously, I'm furious. Obviously, uh, you should be too, and. You know, there's a lot of smarter people talking about it than me. I'm mm-hmm. just, mad. I'm, just um, mad. I'm just mad and scared and sad and mm-hmm. worried and holding out hope at the same time that things can possibly change. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, uh, some good things happened in the last few weeks. Um, my butterflies hatched. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. Right? They're actually probably dead by now. <laughs> no, they've got, they've got like half a week left. <laughs> Good news, they're dead. No, um, <laughs> Such is the cycle of life and so, nature. We recorded early our last episode because I was getting ready to shoot the short film that I wrote, which I'm very excited. I mean, no... I don't know what I'm talking about now because you guys aren't going to see it for a very long time because we have to edit it and we want to like submit it to festivals and stuff. It's just like something that I've been wanting to do for a while and I finally got off my ass and did it. It's um, so cool that you did that. I feel really proud of myself about it and it really scratched the itch that I had of like I haven't put anything out into the world that I've written in a while and like, especially with like the new season of Barry coming out, which I felt so detached from because it got rewritten so much after I left because of mm, COVID. Yeah. And so it was like people wanted to talk to me about it, which was very nice. And I really appreciate people watching it. And I am proud of the work I did on it. But it was like, oh, I feel I didn't know what was going to be in my episode. You know, yeah. and I watched it and I was very different than the multiple drafts I wrote. So it was like I felt I was like, I had been wanting to put something out that I actually wrote and that. I can actually be on set to produce and that it, you know, feels like 
So it really scratched that itch. And also it was just like everyone who was there really wanted to be there. Anyway, it was really gratifying. And I think it's going to come out really good. But that's why we recorded early. But also it was like. I ended up <laughs> missing two of the butterfly hatchings because <laughs> we were filming. So I only saw oh, the working mother's. Them. I problem. know, yeah. <laughs> You're missing your baby's first steps. <laughs> but it was kind of like a nice bookend to that weekend that I had been like preparing for for so long. Cause like on the first day that we shot, I got up early enough and I went out and one of them had just hatched. Mm. And I got to see it like all crumpled up. And then I got to see it slowly, like basically turn into a butterfly. Cause what they do is when they come out, they are like, their abdomens are just full of liquid and then they like they're all like bloated and then they like pump the liquid through their wings to straighten them out that's how i am every like (laughs) every morning when i get out of bed (laughs) my abdomen is full (laughs) yeah and then i have to just like slowly wait for it to enter the rest of my body yeah um but so i got to like watch the whole process take place and as it slowly like got ready to be able to fly and then i got to see it fly away and it was a female that one was female for sure how could you tell um there's a marking on the chrysalis Ooh. that tells you if it's male or female. It's just and a tiny they... F. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like a picture of a pussy. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but there's also markings on the wings once they emerge, too. And so yeah. I, I knew it was a female, but I was like, hopefully I read the chrysalis right. But then when the wings, when she was stretching her wings out, I was like, oh, OK, yeah, I was right. Um, but uh and then on the last day of shooting, I got to see the last one um, before it flew away. Like, I came out, I saw it, it was already fully out and, like, almost ready to fly away. And then I had to leave. But mm. it was very gratifying. Thank you to everyone who followed my monarch butterfly journey. Yeah, that was exciting. Do you think you'll do it again? I mean, hopefully. I mean, I probably won't actually use the enclosure next time because I found out I'm not supposed to do that. Oh. <laughs> um, because uh, apparently interfering with their um life cycle in any way even to protect them is in the long run supposed to be not good for them because it means that like weaker members of the species survive oh it interferes with natural selection oh interesting because it yeah seemed like a good idea because it stopped birds from using it as a snack bar so yeah (laughs) um (laughs) but also in the future I'm planning on planting my milkweed in the ground so that it can like grow bigger and spread out and possibly like propagate new plants. So I won't I wouldn't even be able to enclose them if I wanted to because I wouldn't be able to like pick the pots up and move them. So I think in the future, I will probably like I'll definitely keep growing milkweed and keep paying attention to if butterflies lay their eggs there and hopefully be able to witness the life cycle. But I won't be protecting them as diligently i see i see yeah cool yeah um how have you been for the last two and a half weeks um well i wrapped season three of Tuca and birdie and if you're listening to this that means it is now airing on adult swim and hbo max it's uh the first two episodes are up now and then it's gonna come out it's airing on hbo max too yes um oh good i thought i was gonna have to wait Nope, it's going to air Sundays on Adult Swim, and then the next day it'll be available streaming, um, which is really great. Yes. And so it'll That's air, great. come out weekly for the next eight weeks, um, which is always fun. I like the slow rollout of episodes, so I can see people kind of respond to them slowly. Um, 
uh, now I have some free time, which I'm spending being a bit depressed <laughs> about the state of the world. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to like, yeah. read more. Gotta love and- when your vacation lines up with like a feeling of total inability to celebrate anything. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, part of it is that this just happens to me during periods of time where I'm not like scrambling to work. I kind of overwork to not let those bad feelings seep in. And then when I do a free time, they're like, now's our chance. Yeah. Um, here's a panic attack. So that's just my own personal problem. Um, but also like the COVID numbers are getting worse again. And that's a bummer. Like I want to go out and enjoy life without worrying. I'm just so tired of worrying. Yeah. About I'm tired of worrying and I'm tired of like doing the math of it. Yeah. And I'm tired of like having to figure it out as an individual like what i don't know like we were supposed to have like a little premiere party for a cast and crew and i made the tough decision to cancel it because i just felt like well some people are going to be less comfortable than others i'm personally feeling a little squicked out about covid right now as the numbers go higher and higher where we were at like a 20 percent positivity rate in la um man yeah and i just and i went to like a fourth of july party where i was probably exposed you know i just um yeah no i think that that's the smart thing to do because it also then it's like some of the worst things about (laughs) i mean obviously the worst thing about it is people getting sick and dying yeah but or just getting long covid i don't want that to happen to anyone like and it being my fault because i wanted to have a party i think that's where i I just don't want that responsibility and like but I also think part of the bad part of like right now is there are people who just have not changed their behavior since vaccines came out. Yeah. And so like you canceling the party is sparing the people who wouldn't feel comfortable from having the FOMO of like, oh, cool. Everyone else went and had a fun party that mm-hmm. I didn't go to because I don't want to like get COVID or give COVID. And um, it sucks, yeah. but it's also like the right thing to do. Yeah. It. <sighs> Yeah, it was it was a tough choice. I I it made me feel better to think we are not canceling it. We are just postponing it until a time when things feel less scary if that time should ever come. <laughs> yeah. Uh but I just sometimes get kind of down about Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a fucking bummer. Yeah. Cuz it's also like I mean, there's a we've had so many so much time to like process what this is doing to us while we're also in the middle of it doing that to us, which is just like, it's not the most effective way of coping with something that's actually like a long, you know? Yeah, it uh, takes a long long time to figure out how you feel about things. Like I just last night was thinking again about like the beginning of 2020 when the pandemic first started and how frightening it was. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I never really processed that. I don't know. Yeah, the fact that we were, like, stocking up on toilet paper and stuff. Yeah, and and we had, like, no, um, we didn't have much information. That was scary. At least I think it's it's a little hard to remember that we are in a better place now as far as just having some knowledge. Yeah, but then also a worse place because (laughs) there's just zero motivation from the government or the country at large to do shit about it i know i mean at least we were mobilized at the beginning remember when how united we felt (laughs) at the beginning of this yeah 
Yeah, and um, now and now some people have definitely just decided fuck it forever. Um, I mean, at least like the county is like, okay, we might have a mask mandate come back uh, if things continue to trend badly. And it's like, yeah, they are yeah. going to until you until yeah. you make people wear masks again. <laughs> yeah, uh, implementing it after it has like spiked out of control isn't gonna help. I was trying like, to make this argument the other day that like you maybe shouldn't wait until the county makes yeah. those decisions because while they are trying to do the best thing they, they tend to to follow common logic <laughs> but you know they tra- they trail logic by by a week in my yes. experience yeah i don't know anyways oh. <laughs> i'm also i'm just like why has the indoor mask mandate ever been lifted why why the numbers just have not been low enough for that to ever be a good idea like if the numbers were low why not keep it around so that we can get them to fucking zero i know i just and i just never minded wearing a mask indoors and i i felt nuts just seeing how many people don't wear them at all inside stores i still think that's kind of nutty like (laughs) yeah especially now I had to take Alan to the vet yesterday. Very suddenly, he had like some kind of. <laughs> it's like I never know what the fuck's going on with this dog, but he like stepped on something and he couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if he had gotten stung by a bee or if it was a splinter or if he had like injured. It was just like all of a sudden he wasn't walking. He wasn't like yelping in pain or anything, but he just like needed to chew on his foot. And oh. I don't, anyway, I had to like pick him up and carry him three blocks home and then like take him to the vet. Like I hadn't had coffee yet. Don't even talk to me before <laughs> I've had my coffee. But um, the fucking no one at the vet was wearing a mask. Like none of the vet techs. Yeah. And I'm like, you're medical professionals. And the veterinarian wasn't wearing a mask either. I was the only one in the office, aside from one or two. There was like one one vet tech who was wearing a cloth mask, which is like, how are people still wearing cloth masks? What's the fucking point? Yeah. And then um, there was like one patient, one other like client of the clinic who was wearing a surgical mask that she asked them at the front desk for, even though they weren't wearing them. <laughs> like it was so fucking weird. Oh my god! I um, I had to take an Uber the other day, and because uh, my car was in the shop, and um, when when it the app came up, it made me like agree to a thing that said I would wear a mask in the car, and so I clicked yes, and then the driver wasn't wearing one, and I asked him if he had a mask, and he said no. <laughs> He was like, no, like he he acted like that was a weird thing for me to ask. Oh my God. So I was like, OK. And I just like rolled down the window because <laughs> it was a short ride. And I was like, whatever. you got to just start bringing them with you. I know. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean, like, I will do that if like if I have to deal with someone and they don't have one, I'll be like, here's one. I, it's a really good one, you know. No, um, I should do that. I still gave, anyway. Still God, gave I can't him... believe we're still fucking talking about COVID this far into um i still I gave that driver five stars i did <laughs> I, I know oh i mean yeah because it's like again the math of like whose fault is it that he doesn't have a mask yeah. i don't know he has to drive probably it. gavin newsom's i don't know uh <laughs> it's all just 
so upsetting. Um, I did go to see the Minions movie at the drive-in. <laughs> um, that's one thing that I was just like, I, I mean, part of I'm you know, speechless. What's been, <laughs> part of what has been so frustrating about like this still going on and like us having to process what it's doing to us is like one of the things is like as things sort of shut down again and we have to like make the decision to sort of like stay in or go out or what like i you, i have to be really mindful of like okay i've learned at this point that when i go without certain things i need to like work hard to keep myself fulfilled with other you yeah. know it's like you have to do stuff that's not totally intuitive to like keep yourself sort of sane and fulfilled and like mm-hmm. make sure you're taking care of yourself because like it's easy to say like oh yeah I don't need to go to restaurants with my friends but it's like okay but if you aren't talking to anyone else like yeah you do need to find ways to like bring people back into your life otherwise you will start <laughs> to feel it yeah. <laughs> you know yeah um but I was like oh yeah I need to like like watching movies at home is great, but I was like, we need to go out and do something. Yeah, you I to... want to see the Minions movie, and it is playing at the drive-in. <laughs> um, so we went to the drive-in. It took us forty minutes to get through the line. Oh no, that's my fear. I haven't done a drive-in because I'm I'm worried about just being like stuck in my car in a line. I was like, we should have gotten there so much earlier. That's my advice if you decide to go, Mm. go a lot earlier. But also it was like, we went on Sunday, July 3rd. So it was like in the middle of a holiday weekend to see the most, the best movie ever made. (laughs) You know? I've never (laughs) Um, seen a Minions movie. You haven't ever seen a single one of them? Not a single one. I haven't seen a single Despicable Me. Wow. Yeah. I think... I genuinely think you would like them. Mm. They're so stupid. Yeah. It's just, I I just can't see how you could like love Jim Carrey and not love the Minions also. I didn't know he was involved. (laughs) He's not. I just feel like there's a spiritual connection. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Because it's just like, you know, little guys going... All yeah. the time, you know. I, mean, I, I loved Jim Carrey. I don't think I don't consider him like a, a current. <laughs> He's not a current strong light of your creative. No, not I'm not enjoyment. like I'm not like ooh a new Jim Carrey movie. Yeah, I'm not personally currently. You didn't see Sonic? No, I didn't. Was he in that? Um, <laughs> yeah, he's got like a big handlebar mustache in it. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen it. I just saw the billboards um, and was like, who the fuck is that? And then it was like, oh, my God, that's Jim Carrey. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the best part. So we missed like the first 15 minutes, which meant that there was like a whole plot point that I did not understand, <laughs> which you would think I would be able to figure out from context clues. And I kind of did, but it was still sort of confusing. Uh-huh. Um, and then. uh but because it was July 3rd, people were, like, setting off fireworks the whole time. And so it was like we were watching it on the, you know, the drive-in screen. And then fireworks would come up behind it. And it was like the fireworks were celebrating the minions. That's beautiful. And that that's, part was that's, really cool. That's America right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's our culture. Yeah. So, you know, there's still joy to be had in the world. Yeah. Find it where you can. Yeah. Um, we got some listener questions that yeah. we could answer. Uh, this one uh, said, 
ASMR YouTube, for reasons unknown, has decided that I love watching horses get their hooves trimmed and refitted with horseshoes. I can't decide if I find the process gnarly or just kind of unsettling. Does Juniper have to go through this process often? What's that whole ordeal like if so? Interesting. <laughs> uh, have you watched any horse trimming? No, but it does sound to me like it's like not quite ASMR, but there's this sort of like ASMR adjacent, like oddly satisfying videos that like they don't trigger ASMR, but it's like pimple popping and like those yeah. kinds of weird like grooming satisfaction things that I definitely really like. It's like enjoyment isn't even the word. It's like once I start thinking about them, I need to watch them. Yeah. It is oddly satisfying to watch a horse uh, not only get their feet like cleaned out, but to get them trimmed because they're just like yeah. they're cutting off like big chunks of of hoof yeah. as if it was a giant toenail. It's really bizarre. Oh, that sounds fucking great. Um, yeah. So like every six weeks, uh, a man comes and trims Junie's feet um, and uh, she's barefoot. So she doesn't wear horseshoes, but he cuts her her feet. <laughs> and then i get a text like you have to pay call me <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to see it happen no i bumped into him like once or twice while he was doing it and he's like kind of not doesn't like to communicate with humans i think only yeah which is how only a, horses how a lot of uh farriers are they're kind of are not the best um people people like yeah yeah but they're good at dealing with animals yeah i, I think i would be okay with that yeah. Like, yeah, you it's fine with me that you spend your time learning how to be good with horses and not with people. Like, yeah. I don't need you to, like, divert your attention from this job that I need you to do. Yeah. All right. Here's another question. Um, this person said that I've deleted absolutely every trace of myself on the public Internet. I realized social media <clears throat> was incredibly bad for my brain, but it's the environment that raised me as an artist. And I'm struggling to figure out what to do without it. I know I need to begin putting my work out there again to find an audience, but what does it mean to step out into the world of social media when social media was a major contributor to my worsening mental health? Um, how do you prevent social media from preying on your neurodivergent brain's craving for positive feedback loops? If either of you had a chance to completely redefine your creative relationship with social media and the public at large, what would you do? Uh, I find this question really interesting because I don't have a good answer for it. Yeah. What what makes you think that I have not, uh, that I've conquered this issue? I yeah. have not conquered this issue in any w way. <laughs> I would call my relationship with social media very unhealthy. Um, yeah. I, I rejoined Twitter just to like promote the new season of my show. And I feel like insane about it. Like, like just, I feel like I'm walking up and down the street, like banging a huge drum and everyone's annoyed and mad about it, but it's like what I have to do to survive. <laughs> like it just, yeah. um, and I'm constantly checking to see if anyone's watching it. And like, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of my success hinges on whether people are noticing what I'm doing. I just, I haven't figured out a good balance. Um, I go through waves, yeah. like, like after, you know, this phase, I will probably delete my Twitter again so that I'm not looking at it so much. And I will delete the apps off my phone occasionally. Yeah. Uh, just, I have to like, yeah, strong arm myself into not checking. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Like, I, mean, I don't know. And dopamine. also it's like, <clears throat> if, you, if you need it to promote your work, that's like a really tough 
you know, agreement to enter into, basically. Um, And I think part of how I'm coping with it is I've just like moved away from the part of my career that sort of depended on that. Mm. Like, I'm not touring anymore. So I don't have to like promote my shows on, you know. Yeah. Instagram and stuff. Um, I I wonder if I could just personally not promote my show and like just have people discover it by whatever marketing the network is doing. But like, I don't know. That seems increasingly it feels like networks expect you to do it and we'll hold it against you if you don't. Yeah. And it's just too risky. Like, I just I don't have the a big enough audience to have the privilege to do that. Like, I don't have a South Park audience. I don't have a Rick and Morty audience. So I need to, like, let my people know when I've done something. Yeah. yeah. Um. Maybe someday. But yeah. And I, I don't have like a multi-season pickup, you know, like I have to. Yeah. Make sure the next season gets picked up. <laughs> That's like really yeah. important to me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I wish there was a way like you can't let people know you're making stuff unless you let them know you have to broadcast it somehow. So I guess if I could change something about the way social media works is like, for one thing, I would allow chronological, like non-algorithmic feeds again, because mm-hmm. that's really fucking everything up. It's so um, annoying. I hate it. I it's hate so annoying. I hate when like, I don't know if you've experienced this where you post something and it doesn't quite get traction and you just don't know if it's because people are organically just not interested in it or if it's because it's being chokeholded somehow by the algorithm. And it's just yeah. really hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. And it's also like, I hate missing stuff that I want to see because like, yeah, it's from one of my friends who's just not a famous Instagram person, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, or they haven't been like using reels enough, so Instagram ha- is, is like punishing, punishing them, them yeah. by by like, oh, they only post once a month. Okay, then you won't see their posts ever. Like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah, that's really frustrating. Uh, and or also it'll be like, okay, like someone's fucking doing a show, and I saw the post two days later. Yeah. I can't go to the show. I can't watch the thing. Like, what the actual fuck? What the it's fuck? so annoying. Um, there should be a like a little check mark you can do that's like this is time sensitive. You have to show it to people now. <laughs> then we would all yeah, check it. <laughs> but everyone would check that for every post that they posted. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know. I guess I would just make it so that n- it none of it existed. <laughs> just none. None of it. We would go back to just yeah. People would go back to like reading news websites and oh man. Tumblers and I don't know. Good old I guess days. Tumblr's a social network also. Oh, and Tumblr um, was also toxic. Um yeah. one of you one of you emailed to recommend Mastodon. Um and I do I do have one. Um it's not quite the same as Twitter. It's less dopamine than other social media, which is good or bad, uh, depending on what you're looking for. And it's it's hard to like broadcast stuff on there. Like it's not great for promoting. It's just great. It's it's good for like connecting with small communities, I think. Um yeah. It was interesting because some of my friends were totally on board with like moving to Mastodon and, and making profiles there. And some were really reluctant to like learn a new platform. And it felt like trying to convince them to like leave their homes, which I totally get and respect. Like, yeah, like learning a new thing or like moving is so, you know, you've built your little house. You don't want to <laughs> shift. Yeah, it's, um, it's so tricky. It's really interesting to me why certain platforms collect clusters of people and have enough lasting power to retain them, despite 
like being shitty? Yeah, it's it's all totally dependent on like people coming and staying. It's the same as just like actual neighborhoods where it's like yeah. neighborhoods and cities thrive because people want to be there and people want to be there if other people are there. Yeah. And why why do I want to stay where I'm at right now, even though like our, the state is constantly on fire and <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> what's what? how bad does it need to get to make me move from my home? Yeah. And and same with social media. How bad does it need to get? Yeah. Oh, man. Let's leave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should probably go to Chunch Chat. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be right back with Chunch Chat, our regular segment uh, where we discuss any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony, Van Chunch. Chunch. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, find wine full moon, and we're chatting about Chunch. Van Chunch. Um, this is not related to Van Chunch. Um, uh, do you do you subscribe to Rusty Foster's um, Today in Tabs newsletter? No. Oh, it's really funny. Um, okay. And he recently sent out like an old one from 2015, and it uh, had a tweet in it from me about Ben Chunch. Really? <laughs> yeah, and it was just me writing Ben Chunch uh, with a <laughs> with a picture of from Martha's blog where she called him Ben Chunch. For maybe the first time, or where she switched from Ben Chunch to Ban Chunch. Ben Chunch to Ban Chunch. I couldn't believe how long ago it was. It was from 2015. That was like, we were so innocent then. Wow. Um, everything was different. Everything was different. Uh, here's something about Martha. It's not about Ben Chunch. Uh, there's a, a news headline. Martha Stewart jokes that she wishes her friends will just die so that she can date their husbands. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she was on Chelsea Handler's Dear Chelsea, and she said, I've never been a homewrecker, and I've tried really hard not to be. And she explained that most of the men she meets are married to her friends. And Handler commiserated and said, yeah, it's very tempting to have an affair because you want to believe that, oh, maybe this relationship that they're in is temporary. And Martha Stewart then joked, or maybe they'll die. I always think, oh, gosh, couldn't that person just die? Not painfully, just die. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh that is really funny (laughs) it's really great um and then unrelated to that i just had this thought in the middle of the night i wondered has anyone ever seen martha stewart crying what do you think yeah probably probably i can't picture it you don't think she cried in jail um no ever Mm -mm. really Mm mm-hmm no, I don't I think, think she that's... cried in jail. I think she maybe I think she might have had a private moment of crying when she realized she was going to jail. But I think then she uh pulled it together and yeah. put on a brave face. Yeah. Yeah. I bet she's cried. <laughs> I bet people have seen Rob's it. shaking his head. No. You can't let them see your weakness. Yeah. <laughs> she has no weakness. <laughs> oh my god um you don't think she's cried when she's seen like a particularly beautiful basket no she says damn it i made this <laughs> i bet she would cry at something beautiful that she made just being like that is a perfect omelet no you way know? she just moves on to the next one yeah i think it's unre- unremarkable to her that she's made something perfect my next I- one will be more perfect yeah I think her eyes have probably watered when her animals have died. Yeah. 
And she's also had so much plastic surgery that it's like maybe there's something that makes them water that's just unrelated to her emotions. <laughs> that's so feminine to just implode internally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the feminine urge to implode eternally. <laughs> that's why I have IBS. <laughs> oh, my God. Never, never my... let them see me cry. Just let them see me diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Just let them hear my diarrhea. <laughs> um, my sister-in-law got me this sweater that says hot girls have IBS. <laughs> I love it so much. That's great. <laughs> she was like, this was a risky gift to give you. I was like, no, it was perfect. It was perfect. That's great. I appreciate it. Um, does that conclude Chunch Chat? Yes. That concludes Chunch Chat. We'll be right back with One on Fun. Lisa, what is one habit that you've always wanted to adopt but never been able to? I've probably asked you this before. Oh, a habit I want to adopt. I feel like I'm good at accruing habits and bad at getting rid of them. But what's like a healthy habit? Oh, God, it's probably something so boring. It's like, I wish I could wake up and do 10 minutes of yoga every day. Yeah. I wish I could like incorporate stretching into my life in a way that made me actually do it. How do I do that? It's really hard. I've gotten good at like flossing. So yeah, uh, it should be possible. I mean, for me, I feel like the way to incorporate habits is to make them non-optional to just make it not something you need to like opt into doing. Yeah. Where it's like it just happens automatically. But then even then it's like I'll do it for a little while and then I'll fall out of it. Like I started stretching and then I would like fall out of the habit. Mm hmm. It helps for me to do it while I'm watching some kind of TV or something. Yes. You need a little treat to make it yeah. happen. Maybe I can yeah. eat a cookie when I stretch. <laughs> 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 a little cookie. Yeah. Um, now I need to ask you a question. Yes. And my mind is a blank. Uh, what is something else that's made you happy these last few weeks when everything seems not happy <laughs> Ooh. um the ice cream shop in my neighborhood introduced a new seasonal flavor that is maybe my favorite flavor that they've ever done this is great what is it and it's um yuzu creamsicle so that it's this like one of mm. these like bougie like fancy ice cream places where all the flavors are kind of weird yeah and it's like their gimmick is that it's called wanderlust and they're Flavors are like inspired by the flavors of the world. And so they're like their regular flavors that they have. There's like a Thai iced tea flavor and there's Yum. like, a, you know, um, Abuelita malted crunch. It's got it's like Mexican hot chocolate and like. Um, so, but so one of their seasonal flavors is yuzu creamsicle. And so it's like. And it's vegan. And it's like yuzu sorbet with like creamy vanilla ice cream. And so it tastes like an orange creamsicle, but like yuzu instead of orange, which is like just a different kind of citrus. And the texture and the flavor combination, it really tastes like a creamsicle, but without 
the painful feeling of biting into a creamsicle, which for someone like me with teeth that are really sensitive to the cold was <laughs> the worst part of having a creamsicle. And so it was kind of like the best of both worlds. And um, that has that made me happy in the last couple of weeks. That sounds so good. Um, yeah. yeah, I like going to Jenny's lately. They're like, it's like, uh, you know, like a mile and a quarter from my house. So it's like a nice walk if I get yeah. just a little bit high <laughs> and <then I> can <laughs> walk to Jenny's and it's like, they have really fun flavors and it's just like, huh, a treat. Have you been getting high? Yes. <gasps> this is huge. How this, did I not know about this? This is huge news. I've been getting a little bit high. I'm very, very sensitive. So yeah, uh, I've been experimenting with getting a little bit more high each time. And sometimes it's a little scary and sometimes it's great. Um, That's great. Yeah. It's, you know, why not now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I needed a new coping thing. Yeah. If you ever want like a list of things that are very easy to watch when you're high, I can make you one. <laughs> I should things because this will not will not freak you out at all. That's what I need actually because I have tried watching various things and they've all been a little too much for me. What do you mind sharing what they were? Well, like I even tried watching Stathlet's Flats once while high and it, that was like overwhelming. Like I Oh yeah, I couldn't... feel like it would be hard to follow cuz yeah. they're, they're talking such nonsense. Yeah, I couldn't keep up with it. Um yeah. You know what's really good? Um <laughs> on Disney Plus, they made like a, a an animated series about the dog from Up, and it's just like a dog <laughs> in his backyard. That's that talking dog from Up, and it's could not be lower stakes or like less drama. It's that sounds just like really good. The dog battling with the squirrels and like it's just stupid and there's one where he just has to take care of some puppies. It's so great. I get very nostalgic when I'm high. So like one thing that really worked was one night uh, Adam and I were like describing old, old, old Disney shorts that we could oh, remember. Yeah. And I was like, there's one where like a pig is playing the tuba in a tornado. And then, oh, we, would, yeah. and then we would go on YouTube. The and Silly like, Symphonies. Exactly. Yeah. And we would like try to find it. And then it would be so satisfying when we found the short that we were describing. Oh, yeah. And then there's like the one where they're moving into a building and there's this piano that keeps like sliding in and out of the moving truck and like following <laughs> Daffy Duck around. Um, so we found that. So those were great. Very good. Um, did you ever watch Water Babies? No. That was like a big one when I was a kid that we had on tape with all of these other like Merry Melodies and Silly Symphonies, like Disney shorts, where it's just like about these little babies that live in lotus flowers and then the flowers open in the morning and then they swim around in the water and they wear flowers as hats. Oh, they, I think like, I have seen that. They ride dragonflies and stuff. You've probably seen it. Yes. That was one where... It's just anytime I watch it, it's incredibly nostalgic. Oh, my God. I'm going to watch that next time. Yes. <laughs> Save it. It's a little weird, though. It's yeah. weird. But I think a, like a little bit weird is perfect. Okay. Yeah. Like a little cool. surreal. Um. All right. That concludes One on Fun. We will be right back with Wiki of the Week. Hi. I'm Janet Varney, and just like you, I survived high school. And we're not alone! On my podcast, The JV Club, I invite some of my friends to share the highs and lows of their teen years. Like moments with Aisha Tyler, 
But when you're a kid, the stakes are just pretty low. Go to school, try not to get in trouble, get laid. Jamila Jamil. I watched television probably every waking hour during that time when I was shit-faced on medicine. And Dave Holmes. We talked and talked, and then everybody left. It was just us two, and I was like, I love you. Learn how you too can be a functioning adult after the drama and heartbreak of high school. Every week on the JV Club with Janet Varney. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a judgment-free show. Hi, I'm Biz, host of One Bad Mother. Whether you're a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I signed my stepson up for a camp that is actually in another state. I feel really stupid, and I don't think we're going to get the money back. And then he found out that the car manual is a book about cars, so now he's reading our car manual. We So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org, and yes, there will be swears. Okay, welcome to Wiki of the Week. This week's Wikipedia page was sent to us by Ronan McDade. Very tempting to try and say that in a thick Irish accent. Please do it. Please. Ronan McDade. (laughs) Hi, Tatoi, Tatoi. I'm very sorry. (laughs) Ronan does it. it. It's okay. (laughs) It's the Wikipedia page for Fool's Errand. Hmm. Okay. A fool's errand prank is a type of practical joke where a newcomer to a group, typically in a professional context, is given an impossible or nonsensical task by older or more experienced members of the group. They're hazing. Yes, hazing. Yeah. More generally, a fool's errand is a task almost certain to fail. (laughs) Many such errands require the victim to travel some distance and request an impossible object by name. The prank will be widely known within the peer group as an in-joke, and the person they ask for the object will play along, often by sending the victim on to make the same request elsewhere. So mean. Yeah. (laughs) Don't do this. So mean. Don't do this to me. The errand is an example of a hazing ritual Mm. through which a newcomer gains acceptance into a group. I hate hazing. I think it sucks. It's gatekeeping. And it's grooming. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? It's gaslighting. It's all three of the worst things you can do. (laughs) And it's toxic. It's abuse. (laughs) It's not just conflict. It's also abuse. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) Examples. Examples. (laughs) <laughs> examples uh, one, one type oh <laughs> here, you, you go you go yeah <laughs> um this is i think maybe the most common one um one type of north american fool's errand is the snipe hunt this was by the way a plot of both an episode of cheers and the pilot episode of doug <laughs> um the hunters are typically led to an outdoor spot at night and given a bag or pillowcase along with instructions that can include either waiting quietly or making odd noises to attract the creatures. The other group members leave, promising to chase the snipe toward the newcomer. Instead, they return home or to camp, leaving the victim of the prank alone in the dark to discover that they have been duped and left, quote, holding the bag. That's what holding the bag comes from? Oh, 
As an American rite of passage, it is often associated with summer camps and groups such as the Boy Scouts. They did it to Fraser on Cheers. <laughs> uh New car repair staff are requested to collect fresh spark plug sparks by catching sparks from a grinder disc using a small box. Other similar items are diesel engine spark plugs, diesels do not have spark plugs, exhaust pressure bearings, or piston returner springs. Oh my god. At a deli, someone might be told to ask for dildo. <laughs> uh, described as a pickle-infused bread. When spoken, it becomes obvious as the person pronounces dildo as dildo, a sex toy. <laughs> okay, but also that sounds delicious. Pickle-infused bread? Yeah. This oh makes my God. me want to look it up because I know someone's made this. Peter got these, like, dill pickle almonds where it's just, mm. like, dill pickle flavored almonds. They're really good. Oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah. And you don't normally like eating nuts, right? No, I don't. <laughs> it's convinced you. Yeah. Uh, new car salespeople are often sent to different dealerships around town to get the lot stretcher. After reaching the new dealership, the manager informs the victim that it has been moved to another dealership across town, and the prank continues. Also among vehicle-related errands are obtaining high-speed air for tires. Likewise, aerodynamic lug nuts. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is a, a lot stretcher even supposed to be, though? I don't know. What the fuck? What the um, fuck? What the fuck? Okay, a common fool's errand is to send someone to get blinker fluid or turn signal fluid from an automotive parts store. So many of these are just from, like, <laughs> the, the auto industry. It's just full of assholes. Yeah, car guys are bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> in baseball, a manager or a coach will ask a new bat boy to fetch them a box of curveballs or the keys to the batter's box. Major League <laughs> pitcher Rick Sutcliffe would often perform this prank. Great. Such assholes. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, this, this page is, is full like of a, assholes. Yeah, this page is just like, here's some things that assholes do to <laughs> other people. In the pizza making business, newcomers are told to look in the fridge for the, quote, dough repair kit. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Another variation includes being sent to procure a long wait or long stand. The idea being that the dupe will reach the shop or equivalent source of the mythical object and place the request. The victim is then delayed by the shopkeeper and thus receives a long wait. Uh. Other common restaurant practical jokes include sending the new employee to another restaurant to borrow the bacon stretcher, <laughs> the lobster food, the lobster gun, the souffle pump, left-handed tongs, oven key, left-handed broom, or can of steam. <laughs> An alternative prank is to instruct the new employee to empty a coffee machine or hot water tower of its water, the machine being connected to a water line and thus never able to be emptied. In the decorating and construction trade, a left-handed screwdriver, board stretcher, eye measures, hammer grease, wall expander, glass hammer, striped or tartan paint, metric crescent wrench, bucket of grinder sparks, or box of assorted knots are analogous pranks. Another such errand subject, polka dot paint, became real in the 1950s <laughs> with the development of a polychromatic paint, which created a dotted effect when dry. I mean, what's interesting about these, like, pranks is it's like they could all re lead to real inventions. Yeah. 
that make the person who was pranked millions of dollars. <laughs> now who's pranking who? Yes, now who's pranking who? At General Electric's NELA Park plant in the 1920s, newly hired engineers would be told to develop an internally frosted light bulb, which the experienced engineers believed to be impossible. Previous bulbs had been sandblasted for the frosting effect, which caused brittleness. In 1925, newly hired Marvin Pipkin got the assignment and astonished his peers by succeeding. What did I just say? That's amazing. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> electricians commonly send the new guy to the tool room to fetch a cable stretcher or a cordless wire wireless cable. All right. <laughs> In the United States Navy, pranks have included sending a new sailor after a BT punch, a fist punch, from a boiler technician who works in the engine room, uh, red lamp oil for the port running light and green lamp oil for the starboard running light, a gallon of prop wash and sound powered phone batteries. Other examples are to send the dupe on a search for a spool of water line, liquid bulkhead wall remover, a dropped gig line, a bucket of steam <laughs> or the infamous ID10T form or idiot form. Hmm. I wouldn't know if any of these things were real or not. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll never join the and Navy. that's what makes you a dupe. Yeah, I'm a dupe. Uh, in the U.S. Air Force, a new airman may be asked to stand in front of an aircraft and move back and forth in order to calibrate the weather radar before <laughs> takeoff. <laughs> that's funny. Another request of new aviators is to assist in an air quality check where they are required to run around the cabin of an aircraft with a plastic trash bag and fill it with air before tying it off and writing the name of the air quality project on it, ID10T, which spells out idiot. This would then be proudly presented to maintenance personnel upon landing. That's very funny and I like it. <laughs> I like anything that requires someone to like run around looking stupid. Even though in the United mean. States Army, a newly stationed soldier may be asked to locate a box of grid squares or capture a Humvee exhaust sample with a trash bag. Again, yeah. <laughs> a trash bag being used is very funny. <laughs> Another prank involves a squad leader or team leader ordering the dupe to locate a PRC E7, PRC being an abbreviation uh, of portable radio communications and E7 corresponding to the grade of a sergeant first class. That is just, like, too elaborate for me to find it funny. Yeah. It's not funny. Sorry. No. Um, in Boy Scouts, sending a new camper over to other campsites to borrow a left-handed smoke bender or shifter, a sky hook, elbow grease, or 100 feet of shoreline are similar practices. <laughs> Similarly so, like, stupid and boring. Similarly <laughs> really stupid. It's just for children. Okay. In the Czech Republic, if one breaks a spirit level, they might be asked to go and buy a new bubble. What the fuck is this? That's funny. About? It's it's like when you have those levels that has the little bubble in it. Oh, um, like gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So if you if you break it and it spills or something, then you, buy you a have new to go bubble. buy a new bubble. That's very funny. Other construction related jokes include buying a brick bender, a bender straightener, or aerosol <laughs> nails. These are great. Yeah. In the Czech Republic, a child might be sent to the pharmacy to buy some semocell. Spelled correctly, Zemosel means I am a fool. Literally, I am a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> in oil fields in the U.S. and internationally, new hires may be told to get the keys to the V-door. The V-door is a steel ramp, not a door. Mm. 
In the United Kingdom, construction-related jokes often include asking new workers to get a skirting board ladder, a bucket of steam, rubber nails, or a battery-powered electric plug. Hmm. All right. All right. In Hungary, people might be sent to fetch a bend drill, a circular tri-square, a glass flattener mallet, some compression or filling grease, among other things. All of these are citation needed. (laughs) Frequently, percussion parts for band and orchestra will have tacit movements, movements with no playing. More experienced players will send newer players to go retrieve the tacit from the closet. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. These are mostly um, in jobs where it's just a lot of men. Yes, it is. There's (laughs) not, there are no like teacher fools errands. Yeah, not a lot of female presence. (laughs) Yeah. And that's because, um, you know, men in a group tend toward cruelty. (laughs) (laughs) We said it. (laughs) I'm sure there's examples of like sorority sisters doing uh, very cruel things to each other, but it has less to do with this. But (laughs) it's less less pranky, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. This page could use more female prank representation is what I'm saying. Yeah. I think there probably uh, is some, and it's just not accounted for here. Um, well, thank you for that Wikipedia page. That concludes Wiki of the Week. It's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? Lisa, what did you learn today? Um, what did I learn? Uh, I, oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> Your face is really funny. <laughs> Just <laughs> waiting so patiently. You learned that my face is really funny. <laughs> I knew that. Um, <laughs> uh, I learned that it's hard to frost the outside of a light bulb, but it can be done. <laughs> yeah. And I'll never forget it. I mean, it was the inside of the light bulb that was the issue. Yeah. Um, I learned that Lisa gets high. Yeah. Sur- and I'll never forget it. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we have some new sleep talking stories. We do. We also have new listener profiles. We have two Ooh, of them. Ooh, yeah. Maybe Which maybe, one do you want to do first? Maybe I'll just do one. Um, okay. Let's see. Hi, babies. I'm a relatively new listener to your show, and I found it to be very insightful and entertaining. I thought you might be amused to know that I spent a good handful of episodes trying to figure out if Alan was a horse or somebody's partner. <laughs> It was when I first heard you guys bring up walking him with a bag over his head that it clicked that he is, in fact, a dog. (laughs) That it clicked that he was, in fact, a human. (laughs) Humans and horses could also have bags over their heads, I suppose. Yeah. Um, As a brand new adult teenager thing, just getting into college and perusing art, listening to you guys talk about the industry and your experiences has been very cool and very helpful to me. And then, surprise, their name is Alan. (laughs) That's probably why it was an issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Welcome. Thank you for that. Welcome to the show. Um, here are some sleep talking stories. Oh, okay. I gotta, I gotta open the page. Oh no. Yeah, it's okay. I'll read you a long one first. Great. Okay. 
Um, one time I had a dream that some players from the Chicago Bulls asked me to play pickup basketball with them. It was the Bulls circa 2010, not the 1990s ones. Oh, okay. I am, <laughs> I am, I mean, that's an important distinction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am not athletic in real life, but in the dream, I was incredible at basketball. <laughs> I was hitting shots from everywhere, jumping as high as I wanted, and making perfect no look passes. It was the most kinetic, euphoric dream I have ever had. <sighs> The players had apparently asked me to play as a joke, but pretty soon they all had to admit that my moves were some of the best they had ever seen. It was high fives all around, and I even gave them a few pointers. (laughs) Between games, we took a break for Gatorade and Hostess Cupcakes. At this point, I should mention that I did grow up in Chicago with the Michael Jordan Bulls, so basketball and product placement are still very closely linked in my subconscious mind. Derek Rose called my name and tossed a hostess cupcake to me, and I, still full of adrenaline from basketball, reached out in bed to catch it and grabbed my (laughs) sleeping fiancé's head with both my hands. I said, yes, out loud. (laughs) She shot out of bed and ran out the door of the bedroom before I woke up enough to realize what had happened. Luckily, my hands hadn't hit her in the face, and I had grabbed kind of gently because I was trying not to squish the cupcake. (laughs) She forgave me for scaring the crap out of her and we still got married. <laughs> it's very remarkable to do this and to remember the context for the dream in which it happened. But at the same time, it's like, don't they say that like dreams that feel like they take a really long time are actually only a couple seconds? I've heard that, but I don't know how if that's true or how they, that could possibly or how they could know that. Verify yeah. that. That seems like I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right, here's one. I need more sleep than my fiance, so I'm often already asleep when he's going to bed or still asleep when he's waking up. Same. That's relatable. Um, And during those times, he writes down the weird things I say in my sleep. Here are some of the recent highlights. One of them was an assistant on a boat, but the other one was fine. (laughs) Uh, It's less giving birth with amphibians than it is laying eggs. (laughs) That's true and funny to say. I like your sweater you wore that day. It was yellow with polka dots. He does not have a sweater of this description, though maybe he should. Let's have dances, (laughs) Gaston. Gaston, do you like it? (laughs) And the last one is, oh, sweetie, I just wanted to write on your whiteboard. No, I do not call him or anyone else in my life, sweetie. (laughs) God, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, A few years ago, me and my partner at the time were on holiday in Budapest. She had just woken up and I was still fast asleep. As she started to move and sit herself up, I apparently rolled over in bed towards her and mumbled, big beefy boys. (laughs) Quite quite confused, she relayed back to me, big beefy boys? (laughs) To which I responded quite angrily, big beefy boys. (laughs) She then said, what do you mean? Do you want to be with some big beefy boys? At this point, she said I opened my eyes, looked quite pissed off and said don't worry about it before rolling over and falling back asleep a few minutes later i did wake up insisting that we run to a charity shop as soon as we can to buy the simpsons season two on dvd how the two are related i will never know but a few months later whilst in a charity shop i did find season two of the simpsons on dvd although unfortunately when i brought it home and opened the case all that was in there was the sims 2 castaway and one dvd of lost perhaps a theme whoa (laughs) weird yeah um 
A figuring out and writing down the meaning of life in one's sleep only to wake and find confounding gibberish has a long history. It is often claimed that a famous philosopher, exactly which one varies depending on who's telling the story, had the experience waking up to find the following gnomic inscription. Higamous, hogamous, women are monogamous, hogamous, higamous, men polygamous. <laughs> Thank you for All that right. for that uh, bit of history. Yes, sleep talking history. Uh, thank you, everyone, for sending in sleep talking stories. If you have a story about talking in your sleep or writing something down in your sleep, uh, you can send them to babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. That's also where you should send Wikipedia pages, fan mail, um, problems, of your butt. problems you need solved or or not solved at all, but discussed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and new listener profiles. That's right. Um, that's our show. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow me online. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm at Lisa Draws, sadly. I'm sorry. Uh, you, thanks. You should watch the new season of, of Tuke and Birdie. Tuke and, and Birdie. If you haven't seen it. Yes, it's on HBO Max. Please watch. Um, thanks to yes. our producer, Rob Perra. Yay! Thanks to my brother Nate Heller for our theme songs. Woo! And goodbye! MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.